Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the JRPG Report. This is going to be episode 138. So glad to be back with you again this week and every week. And we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. We've got some new release dates, got some new information. And of course, you know I'm going to be talking all about The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 4. We'll get to that in just a moment as we kind of had some breaking news yesterday. And that's where I would like to head first. Um, Nintendo had their little mini direct program going on yesterday, and uh, that's actually going to be the last one for this calendar year of 2021. Obviously, we know Switch doesn't have a ton of games still coming for it, but we did learn a few tidbits, and I feel like the biggest one is that we finally have a release date for Bravely Default 2. Now, we've been talking about this one for a while, that uh, it was scheduled to come out in 2020. Haven't seen a ton uh, about it, and I guess there is a reason there is going to be a slight delay into the new year. Uh, right now it has a release date of February the 26th, 2021. So, you know, right about three or four months from now, assuming there is not another delay. Uh, there was a new trailer to go along with it. It looks really good. Um, I liked the first Bravely Default. I didn't beat it. So you can tell I didn't like fall in love with it to where I had to, had to beat it. There was a few things I didn't. Didn't love love. This one I feel like looks a lot better, and I'm really kind of excited to get into it. So let's kind of talk about some of the new things. Of course, this is a brand new entry in the Bravely series. Um, there are four new heroes of light. They've kind of transitioned. You know, if you remember the original Final Fantasies, it was all about the heroes of light, and whereas Final Fantasy has gone on its own little, you know, path, it maybe this is kind of. Square's way of saying, okay, between this or like Octopath Traveler, these are our old school, you know, traditional JRPG experiences. Um, the Brave and Default system is back. You can balance risk and reward in turn-based battles. Characters can make multiple moves in one turn, uh, but then they may be unable to perform actions for a while. They say balance is key. And here are those key features. A new world... A new story and all new Heroes of Light. Ready, ready to save. Excellent. Excellent. I guess that's how you say it. Engage in turn-based RPG combat with a risk-reward system in the next entry of Square Enix's Bravely series. This saga begins with our hero, Seth, a young sailor who washes up on shore of one of Excellent's five kingdoms. Here he meets Gloria of Musa, a princess who fled her kingdom when it was destroyed by evil forces bent on stealing its crystals. He also encounters Elvis and Adele, two travelers determined to decipher a mysterious and magical book. It's up to you to stop the forces that threaten these heroes and all of Excellent. Select from many different jobs, skills, and abilities to customize each party member to fit your strategy. The more you learn, the more tactics you'll wield. Find and defeat one of the powerful bosses who holds an asterisk and take on even more jobs. Take down Orpheus the Bard for, take down Orpheus for the Bard job or fail Dag to become a vanguard. So yeah, there in addition to this new trailer and some images, there was a um 
of course, I, you know, I posted that over on our YouTube channel, but there was a developer um, feedback video. Remember, this demo came out for it a while back. Well, they took all the feedback from that demo, and you can kind of see it in this new trailer. And in this, they made a trailer kind of showing what all those changes were. I've got that as well on there. So here are the kind of list of changes that they went through as a part of this feedback from the demo. They've added three battle difficulty options. You've got casual, normal, and hard. Players can change this at any time. The developers are making sure the early stages of the game are more forgiving. Additionally, later stages and climatic boss battles will be challenging for everyone regardless of the difficulty level. They've added turn order indications. A turn gauge for each character, similar to active time battle systems, will represent allies' turn orders. For enemies, exclamation marks will indicate which monster is about to attack. Uh, developers noted they did consider implementing turn gauges for enemies too, but this would have skewed the battle bounce a little too far in the player's favor. They've added the ability to Skip battle intro scenes. Character portraits inserted behind the action menu in battles to easily identify who's going to act. They've added more detailed battle info on the battle info screen. Adjusted monster movement speed and behaviors on the overworld. So weaker enemies will now run away, while stronger enemies will glow red. It's kind of like what was in um, Tales of Symphonia or you know some of the other Tales ones where... You know, <laughs> it would, once you got to a certain level, those monsters would flee. I always thought that was kind of fun. Um, players will have then a better idea of whether they're at the right level to fight them or not. They've added an underdog bonus to experience gains if a player beats a tough enemy at a low level. That's pretty cool. They've increased the sword swing range on the overworld. It's easier to swing the sword while running now. They've changed the font color and background and menus, adjusted user interface elements to make the text easier to read, reworked the plus and minus buttons in the menus to avoid tricky inputs, added the option to run by default, added the option to change the button used to perform default in battle, and jobs are now easier to view and manage. And they say countless more. So, like I said, they definitely took the player feedback and they have made this thing a much more polished product, and I'm happy to see that. Um, perhaps, you know, some other series could could gain a lot by doing this. And I love their transparency in this video of saying that, you know, they know that there were some issues. Maybe that's also a reason for why this slipped past 2020, that this was not a game that was ready to go out now. And now with that new February date of the 26th, We'll get the best version of the game. And I think that's really just what we really want. In the end, we want a complete JRPG experience without noticeable flaws. Obviously, there's going to need to be updates down the road. That's fine. But never release a broken game or that needs patches out the wazoo in order to make it function properly but yeah definitely excited about this one check out those trailers over on our youtube channel jrpg report and uh, we'll i'm sure we'll check back in closer to its release date and hopefully it sticks to it so i told you guys i would give kind of a quick update on how trails of cold steel 4 is going i'm about five 
five to six hours into it. The prologue took a couple hours and uh, had to fill in a lot of backstory. The events of Cold Steel 4 are about three weeks after the conclusion of part three. Um, there, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, <laughs> storytelling that goes on there. They they smartly, as part of this prologue, they intersected the other kind of story branch. So yeah, obviously we're going to know we're going to be focused on, on uh, Class 7. This one showed uh, the SSS group and our heroes from La Burl, uh kind of doing their own thing, which gave an introduction to the, the battle system and gave you, uh, you know, some actual gameplay to go into as, as, and, and as opposed to just a couple of hours of backstory, that would have been pretty monotonous. So they kind of interjected those two things in the prologue. And I thought it was really well done. Finally getting a chance to use um, Estelle and Joshua again was super fantastic to see them in, just fully, you know, HD rendered uh, voices. They're, they've got the original voice actors back from Trails in the Sky. Um, get to use Lloyd was pretty cool as well. But the real highlight in this battle system was getting to use Rin. And she is awesome, to say the least. Uh, she has a really good craft that I spammed as much as possible. And not only did it do a line damage, the pretty, pretty awesome <laughs> uh, damage, uh, it had a 50% chance to instantly kill any, any, any enemy that it hit. I obviously, I don't think it would work on a boss battle, but it was a very quick way to clear the battlefield and kind of run through this initial section. There was a pretty cool boss battle at the end of that. I won't spoil anything more, but... Uh, needless to say, it is going very well. I'm enjoying it immensely. It's still, it feels so surreal having this in my hands for some reason. I don't, I can't quite put my finger on why that is. Maybe just because it's been so long and I know it's the last one. You know, obviously there's another game in Hajimari after this, but we're going to get the conclusion. Like when, when I was playing through part one and part two, you really have no idea how long this is going to go. We, we, you knew at a certain point there was going to be a three and maybe a four even, but knowing that the story ends this time is just, man, you, you feel kind of crazy to be, to be honest with it. But the launch did not go smoothly. Now we, we detailed the collector's edition issues. Those were resolved for North American users. I think Europe is still going to have to wait until at least next week on theirs. So sorry guys, but uh, that was not perhaps the biggest faux pas as uh, first it turned out that anyone who pre-ordered the digital version, well, they couldn't pre-download it. You know, typically you can do that. So you're ready to go at midnight. Uh, that issue popped up first. Uh, then once midnight hit, and the game went live, they still could not download the game. And subsequently, none of the DLC as well. This dragged on and dragged on. And I think, um, I can I can tell you right now that this has been resolved. Um, this was October the 28th. So yesterday at 1141, 
um, they finally tweeted out that the download issue had been completely resolved. Uh, it was actually a couple hours before that because I spoke with somebody on YouTube and told them that I thought it was fixed, and uh, they confirmed that they were able to download it. But, yeah, what a huge black eye. NS America, um, now, uh, you know, when you're dealing with somebody's server and issues like that, I'm not going to put this 100% on them. There was probably failings on multiple fronts let's be honest with it but they are going to get the heat <laughs> they are going to get all the flack on this and a game that people waited for so long for you know you threatened the physical collectors that they might be delayed european ones absolutely are being delayed and now people who have waited this long uh, had to wait an extra day through no fault of their own to play it so yeah, thank goodness it's all resolved, but good grief. That was pretty, pretty uh, not good, <laughs> as they say. But uh, anyone who is playing it right now knows how awesome it is, and I just I can't wait to really get down there tonight. Uh, it, should be, it should be a good section I can finally get into. Uh, I think I've finally got past most of the heavy story stuff, and I'm going to be able to just kind of uh, fight it out on some bad guys tonight, but kind of sad that, that the launch has been overshadowed by these technical problems, but it's just something you got to deal with. And, you know, I kind of joked around, <laughs> uh, I believe with uh, Jake, there's like all the more reason to get physical copies of it. You usually don't have to worry about stuff like that, but typically these things don't happen. I, I don't recall hearing of such a thing before, but yeah, um, there was some other Falcom news, and we'll get into that in just one second. So a few months ago, Falcom had released both the Legend of Heroes Zero Nokoseki and Ao Nokoseki. They were kind of remakes of the PSP ports. They had released PS4 version of those in Japan, while Clouded Leopard Entertainment has said that those games will now be ported to the Switch in Asia. There will also be Japanese voiceovers with traditional Chinese and Korean subtitles. So these will be in all of Asia on April the 22nd of 2021. Of course, these games first came out back on PSP in Japan uh, back in 2010. So I tell you that because we already had them on PS4. They're going to the Switch I, I think that only increases the likelihood that we are going to get these ports. These were the Crossbell games, by the way, uh, in the Legend of Heroes series. I think that increases the likelihood of them coming to the West at some point in time. Um, possibly just with like English subs. Like maybe we don't get an actual English, you know, translation and dialogue and voiceovers, but. I think it's better than nothing at this point. I, you know, I didn't have voice in the Trails in the Sky series and still love them just as much. So, yeah, I'm kind of just telling you this as as further hope that we do finally get these games over in the West. And they also said that this is in Japan only at this time. Uh, Clouded Leopard Entertainment will release Switch versions of Trails of Cold Steel One. And two, 
These will have Japanese voiceovers with Japanese, Korean, and traditional Chinese language options. Um, don't think they have a release date on that just yet. No, they do not. So, and that also should mean, uh, okay, summer 2021 in Japan. That should mean that these two games will be coming to Switch in the West as well. Definitely good news. Completely ridiculous that these games are not already on the Switch in the West. I really don't understand how not only is Part 3 already out, but you're looking at Part 4 being out as well before the first two games are out. Just kind of ridiculous, to say the least. But if you are a Switch owner, you should at least say, hey, maybe somewheres um, <laughs> by holiday of next year or something like that, I may finally be able to play the complete series on uh, <laughs> Cold Steel. Really crazy, but that is the way things go sometimes. Got some new trailers to point your way over to our YouTube channel if you would like to Check them out first is we have a second official trailer for Disgaea 6 Defiance of Destiny. That one just popped out today, actually. And this trailer actually looks back at the 17-year history of the entire series. Introduces the new unique systems of the series and new features along with it as well. This is a Japanese trailer, so you'll have to kind of just bear along. But you can at least look at it and tell how cool it is. Uh... The Sky of Six is due out for PS4 and Switch on January 28th of 2021 in Japan and aiming for a Switch release in summer 2021 uh, in North America and Europe. Still no confirmation that it's coming to PS4, but I cannot envision that it would not. That would make no sense whatsoever that it wouldn't. So you'll want to check that out, of course. Um, speaking of Switch... <laughs> And this is not a JRPG. Don't think that I'm talking about this way. But it is interesting. Um, the other day, or actually I think yesterday, uh, they put out a demo for the new Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. And the feedback was instantaneous. I actually got it, not just from the industry, I got a text from my brother last night. He had checked it out. And, he, and this was basically his message. He said, dude, download the demo. It's unplayable. Uh, there are frame rate issues out the wazoo. Uh, it is, it just doesn't run on the system. And I, I'm, I'm just in shock because the industry has reported this as well. They said that uh, the one guy that I said said it worked better in docked mode. In handheld, it was completely broken, not even close to playable. Uh, his immediate response, my brother, was Switch needs a pro system immediately. And I responded back, they may just need a new system altogether. Like, I don't know if a pro would fix <laughs> all these problems overnight. Um, it would just kind of enhance things a little bit. It's just not good news. And this is not like this is a third party. I mean, obviously, it is kind of third party since it's... Uh, Koei Tecmo and, and Nintendo is publishing it, but it's still got Nintendo's name on this. This is the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, it, an offshoot, obviously, but how in the world do you allow a demo to go out to the masses that is unplayable? It I, There's one thing to say that I need feedback from this demo. It's another to put out a game that's not playable <laughs> as a demo. Um, 
I think the Switch had better be in plans for a new system. Obviously, it can still play the old games. I mean, give it if you're going to be still on cards, that's fine. But uh, an ability to still play those games would be paramount. But it is. It feels like it's high time for some sort of new system. At the very least, a pro upgraded version of it, uh, and at the at the best, a completely new system that has some more beefy hardware behind it because they're already releasing games that can't be played on it. I talked about Cold Steel 3 and its inability to even play, you know, the best version of the game of a port. It was scaled down to 720, and I just I feel like gamers deserve better than that. Um, they they deserve the game that as is. So I just thought that was an interesting story, and it, I think it's time to say <laughs> to say the least. Um, there was a trailer that came out like just a little bit after we got done recording last week. And, uh, it's interesting. Um, Nintendo will release Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light for the Switch via the Nintendo eShop on December 4th for $5.99. (laughs) Not much at all. It will only be available uh, for purchase. Nintendo, again, throwing out the limited uh, time frame on these deals. Um, until Fire Emblem's 30th anniversary, which will happen on March 31st. So you got about four months to download this thing. Uh, it only came out in Japan previously. Uh, this was back in April of 1990 was the first release for it. Uh, the Switch version marks the first ever release in the West. But I tell you, I don't even know if I'd play this game or not, but I want this anniversary edition. Nintendo will release this at select retailers for $49.99. You get a deluxe art book, replica game box art. So it has the replica NES game. It has a sleeve. It has the cartridge and everything. Uh, it's a replica, so obviously it won't play, I would guess. Um, get a digital download with it obviously as well since that's how the game is played a nintendo power mini (laughs) collector's thing that has the old school nintendo power uh front on it and a collector's box it is looking sweet to say the least um very cool that they're doing this um and at a really good price obviously i don't think it's been it's been cleaned up a little bit but it is very much an nes game still um I am all for them doing stuff like this. You can check out that trailer and it makes you kind of feel makes you feel a little old, but it also makes you feel pretty nostalgic for this type of thing. So you'll want to head over to our uh, YouTube channel and check that out. Yeah. If you got nothing else really going on, you could definitely do that. Uh, Also coming up on November 2nd, we're going to get a special live stream at nine o'clock Japan central time. So Look for this the next day. We'll we'll uh, have some information on, on next week's podcast. Um, publisher Koei Tecmo and developer Gust will have a live stream for both Atelier Riza 2, Lost Legends, and The Secret Fairy, and Surge Concerto DX, which is um, the CL Nostrage Requiem for a Lost Star DX, and Air Nostrage. Ode to the Unboard Star DX. We kind of briefly talked about those last week. So we'll get a chance to really check those out and see what they are all about. Uh, There will be the latest footage and gameplay, as well as detailed information on the download version for Atelier Ryza 2. Remember, 
You're going to have to download that PS5 version if you want to play it. So maybe they'll have some information on it as well. Again, that's next week on November 2nd. I'll have some more info for you guys next week on it. I'll talk about one more game, then we'll take a, a brief time out for our anchor message. Uh, fans who have been looking forward to Rune Factory 5, well, I can at least tell you when it's coming out in Japan. So that will be for the Switch on May 20th of 2021. It'll cost 7,600 yen, whatever that means. Publisher, Marvelous, and developer Hankama announced, of course, be a premium box as well for... 9,980 yen. This will include a copy of the game, special box, visual book, memorial soundtrack selection, and Rune Factory 4 Bachelor Bachelorette costume set DLC. Um, as far as in the West, the only thing they're pegging down is that it will come out for the Switch in 2021. So if this one's coming out in May, um, let me say like September-ish, Sounds about right. Um, there is a ton of images to go along with this thing. I mean, a ton of images for this game. And there's a new trailer for it as well. If you'd like to check that out on YouTube, I've got the story links. If you will give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, you can check those out for yourself. Um, one cool thing we did finally passed the 500 subscription mark on YouTube. So thank you very much to each and every one of you guys who has done that or follows uh, uh, or follows us over there and are nearly daily JRPG videos. But I'd like to put out a call. Um, I would love to know what you guys would like to see. Obviously, I shared the latest trailers and information on there as well as um, video versions of the podcast. Those have been a little lax here lately as uh, I've taken on a new job and just don't have a ton of time. I'm actually kind of scrambling to get this thing out this morning before I've got to head over there. But what type of videos would you like to see perhaps be create? Um, what would you like to look forward to? I'm just trying to come up with some ideas. Obviously, uh, YouTube monetization kicks in at a thousand subscribers, so I've got a ways to go. But I'd really like to know, you know, what other people, you know, the other publishers are doing on YouTube. I don't want to necessarily do that, but I want to know what you guys want to see and what you think other people would like to see as far as JRPG goes. Um, I'm doing some gameplay type deals, and I'd like to get in that some more when I have time, if that's ever. But so, yeah, if you want to pop me a message, jrpgreport at gmail.com. You can get in touch to any of the social media channels or just leave a comment on one of our videos. I will see it there as well. But I'd love to know what you guys think going forward and how we can really make that into something pretty cool over there. So let's take a quick break. I've got a few more stories to talk about afterwards here on the JRPG Report, episode 138. All right, everybody, welcome back. We've got some more fun things to talk about this week. And one of the biggest things, and I kind of wanted to save it till, they, till the break, because there's a lot of information to cover. Uh, just a few hours ago, they launched the teaser website for Final Fantasy 16, And we got some good artwork and information about some of the game setting and the main characters. So... 
uh, we learn that the main character, the protagonist, is named Clive Rosefield. Um, there's three characters that were talked about in particular, and I'm looking at this article. There they are. Um, the He is the firstborn son of the Archduke of Rosaria. That is the country that they live in. Though all expected him to inherit the Phoenix Flames and awaken as its dormant. Remember in the trailer, that's what we saw. Was a crazy Phoenix thing. Uh, Destiny instead chose his younger brother, Joshua, to bear this burden. In search of a role of his own, Clive dedicated himself to mastering the blade. His practice pays off when, at just 15 years of age, he wins the Doctal Tournament and is dubbed the First Shield of Rosaria, tasked to guard the phoenix and blessed with the ability to wield a part of his fire. Alas, Clive's promising career is to end in tragedy at the hands of mysterious dark Akon Ifrit, set, setting him on a dangerous road. To revenge. A lot of this we saw in the trailer, but it's just good to get some background information. So, next is Joshua. Uh, he is the second son of the Archduke of Rosaria and Cloud's younger brother by five years. Joshua awoke as the d- dominant of the Phoenix soon after his birth. Despite his noble upbringing, Joshua treats all his father's subjects with warmth and affection, none more so than Clive, whom he deeply admires. Joshua often laments that it's that it was he, the frail and bookish younger son, who was granted command of the Firebird's flames, not his stronger, braver brother. While Clive will gladly throw himself into any danger, Joshua quails at the sight of a carrot on his dinner plate. But carrots are the least of his concern when he, too, is swept up in the tragic events that will change Clive's life forever. Lastly, we have a character called Jill Warwick. She was born in the Northern Territories. Jill was taken from her homeland at a tender young age to become a ward of Rosaria, securing peace between the two warring nations. The Archduke insisted that she be raised alongside his sons, and now, at 12 years of age, she is as much part of the Rosefield household as Clive and Joshua. Ever kind, gracious, and unassuming, Jill has become a trusted confidant to the brothers. So we've got information on those three characters we also have a bunch of good images. I've shared this over on the, our Facebook and Twitter pages. You'll want to check that out. But we got information about the the world that they live in. It's called Valicia. It is a land blessed in the light of the mother crystals. So these are uh, these mother crystals are glittering mountains of crystal that tower over the realms around them, blessing them with aether. For generations, people have flocked to these beacons to take advantage of their blessing, using the aether to conjure magics that let them live lives of comfort and plenty. Great powers have grown up around each mother crystal, and an uneasy peace has long reigned between them. Yet now the peace falters as the spread of the blight threatens to destroy their dominions. They talk about these acons and their dormants, or dominance, I'm sorry. The Akons, I guess that's how you say it. I, or I'm sorry, E-I-K-O-N-S are the most powerful and deadly creatures in Valicia. Each resides within a dominant, a single man or woman who is blessed with the ability to call upon their dread power. In some nations, these dominants are treated as royalty in admiration of this strength. In others, they are bound 
in fear of it, and forced to serve as weapons of war. Those who are born as dominants cannot escape their fate, however cruel it may be. So here are the da- uh, different countries, and there's maps to go along with these. It'll be a lot easier to see that <laughs> necessary than me to describe it, so I won't go into too much. There is the Grand Duchy of Rosaria, which Clive and his brother live in, the Holy Empire of Sambriku, the Kingdom of Woland, the Dalmatian Empire, and the Iron Kingdom, the Crystalline Domain. So those are the ones that we know about right now. We may get some information, but I definitely encourage you guys to check these things out. The images are awesome, to say the least. Uh, no new trailer on it, but we, I would guess we're probably not going to get too much more information before that info dive in 2021 that they teased at. Um, but definitely you'll want to check this out if you're looking forward to this one. It's looking pretty amazing. I love the artwork. It definitely has kind of an older feel to it. And you know that's what they're going for. But we'll just have to wait and see till we get a little bit more information here pretty soon. Uh, in other Final Fantasy news, if you are looking to upgrade your computer into a blazing fast new SSD hard drive, well, you could kind of combine those loves of uh, blazing fast computer speed and Final Fantasy with a Final Fantasy XIV online themed SSD drive. <laughs> uh, this is, I'm guessing, in Japan only at the time, and it will start selling on December the 2nd of 2020. Um, don't see what size this thing is. I'm assuming that'd be pretty decent. Uh, that's the only one that says it is on the Square Enix store is uh, it's going for 1200 yen is a 500 gigabyte model, so not too terrible. Um, uh, they show kind of the different speeds. Obviously, uh, if you are aware of SSDs and how fast they are, they uh, be pretty cool. And then they slapped uh, <laughs> slapped the old logo on there, so. Not sure how competitive price they are, but they're kind of cool, <laughs> I guess. Um, there is a complete guide to Octopath Traveler that came out in Japan a little while ago, um, but we didn't get it. And they're now showing a listing on Amazon for it. It's got really good uh, art, art, artwork in it. It's going to go for $39.99. And it says it will release on December 1st of this year. So if you're looking to get a nice uh, Christmas present for the Octopath Traveler lover in your family, well, this might be a pretty good thing that you could uh, could get them that they definitely don't have since it's not been um, released over here just yet. We've got a new trailer for Haven, the JRPG kind of inspired new game coming out. Um, it's coming out pretty soon because we have a new trailer, of course, new screenshots, and we got information that it will launch for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC via Steam on December the 3rd. Now, in an odd twist, PlayStation 4 and Switch owners will not get it until quarter one, 2021, uh, developer The Game Bakers announced users who purchase the game on PS5 and Xbox Series will get the game for free on PS4 and Xbox One and vice versa. Um, I can't recall. 
Obviously, at the launch, things do get a little, a little different, but I can't recall a next-gen version of a game coming out before um, the previous generation, but that's not even completely true because Xbox One is this gen, and it's getting its version on December 3rd. It's just PS4 and Switch owners are oddly being punished. I, I don't quite understand this one. The new trailer is called King Love Conquer All. Remember, this game has is kind of about a couple on a foreign planet. I think it looks really cool. Um, definitely not a traditional JRPG by any stretch. Kind of blends into more of a, a Western RPG, but I think it looks good and it's got some elements, so I've been talking about it for a while because, you know, it's my podcast still, so I, <laughs> I could talk about games that interest me, and I think you guys might find some interest in it at some point as well. Um, a, another video that you can check out on YouTube, and it's a little bit different. It is a special piano arrangement for Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster. This one's coming out soon in Japan, and to commemorate the occasion... A special piano arrangement has been performed by the Duke of Pianet, <laughs> Yui Moshishada, also known as the Duke of Pianet, is a composer and arranger who has worked on various video game soundtracks and arrangement albums. He's worked on Grand Blue Fantasy Piano Collection, as well as Final Fantasy XV Moonlight Melodies. Well, he has done this now for Shin Megami Tensei Three. It's about, I think, 17 or 18 minutes and it's got uh, the title loop on it, a large map, to Tokyo Conception, the Fiend song, and then some comments by the artist at the very end. So, yeah, a little something different for you guys. If you are a Shimigami Tensei fan, you would probably think this is pretty cool. You might want to check it out uh, when you get a chance to. Got three quick stories to wrap up today's podcast. It's a little on the short side. Or I guess a little top-heavy would probably be the better term for it. We had some big stuff to talk about at the beginning. Um, we talked a little while ago about Bandai Namco trademarking the uh, Tales of Lumeria, Luminaria. How are you supposed to say that thing? They trademarked it in Europe. Well, they've also now followed up with the English and Japanese trademarks of the title in Japan back on October 14th. That was a day after I uh, got trademarked in Europe. So it does appear this is definitely a thing. Uh, what it is, we still have no clue, but they would not have trademarked this thing um, for basically the big three regions if it wasn't something. Um, like I speculated on before, I'm assuming this is a mobile title. Possibly, you know, obviously with Tales of Arise taking a while to make. I'm assuming it's making the, the leap to next gen as well. Maybe this is kind of like, you know, maybe they're following the Square Enix route and maybe they're going to make a kind of throwback game. Uh, maybe something more like Vesperia or Abyss or, you know, Symphonia. Something a little more simplistic in, in what older Tales of fans are looking for and it comes out, you know, for switch or something. I don't know. Just pure speculation. I did the money bet is on mobile, obviously, but I, we, we just don't know. As soon as we do know, I will of course tell you guys all about it. Um, it's been a good 
I, in terms of video games in general, it's been, it's, 2020 has actually been pretty good to them. Uh, sales are up as people have been on lockdown and you know not able to go <laughs> out and do maybe some of the things and spend money on things they normally would. They've spent on video games. Uh, Koei Tecmo published its financial report for the second quarter, and they saw a new record high in both sales and profit. Um, that is good, of course. Um, very good. That that's what you want to see from companies is is profit, but kind of missing out of it was uh, they had previously teased a Western localization of Persona Five Scramble, the Phantom Strikers, in the company's reports. However, this latest report does not mention anything about its release. Um, one of the latest teases is overseas release window still available to view publicly is in the financial 2019 report that was filed back in April. Um, It mentioned American and European releases for the game, um, but that's no longer there. That's kind of odd. It's kind of not good (laughs) Um, either because every other game was on there. Maybe it was just a blurp and... They don't know when it was coming out, so they removed it. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of it. I was so excited when we first learned about this, and it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe it's actually not coming to the West. I I, I don't know why we don't have it already, but it certainly doesn't sound like it's, if it is coming, it's not close, so... Maybe we'll wait for some clarification. Maybe some reporters have kind of pressed them on this and said, hey, what's going on? Why Are we getting this game or are we not? Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, we've got tons of things to hold us over until then, but that's definitely one of the games that I was looking forward to um, as a as a current generation game. There's you know obviously some big stuff coming next generation that has or has not been announced yet. But, yeah, that one's kind of a bummer. So if I hear anything, I will surely let you guys know about it. Uh, That's about all I got. Uh, Don't forget, give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, um, subscribe YouTube. And uh, if you are so kind and would love to support this podcast, I would love to receive your support for the podcast. You can do so via the links uh, further down in the description, you can either do it through the Anchor app directly or Patreon. We are accepting uh, supporters over there all the time as well. Whatever you'd love to give, I'd love to receive. It would help, uh, you know, make time for it. Um, that'd be awesome. Appreciate it so much. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with some more news and cool things to talk about here on the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. And until next time, guys, get back out there and level up.